Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, the podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking the latest Xbox news for the week of November 14th, 2019, including XO19 just happened, and we got a bunch of new game announcements and game updates and so much to talk about this week. The Outer Worlds is selling better than expected, and more casts for the upcoming Halo TV show have been revealed, and, you know, just some more. It's just such a crazy week, so let's jump right in. Yeah, so I actually wrote and recorded last week's episode yesterday and decided quickly thereafter that, you know, there just wasn't enough news this week and there just wasn't really a full show's worth of content. So I scrapped basically everything I worked on last night because obviously the big news this week is XO19 and Microsoft was saving all their big reveals and announcements and, you know, news for today's event. So just knowing that that show I had worked on last night just wasn't really podcast worthy. I just scrapped it and said, you know what? Fuck it. Even though I had a full day's work worth of, you know, my, my day job today, I, I just knew I had to wait until after the big inside Xbox episode today and in the big reveals from XO 19 in order to really have something to talk about in the show. So I had a super crazy, long, busy day at my regular day job and then rushed on home trying to catch up on all the news announcements I'd missed during XO 19 so that I could come and record this podcast. So, the only reason I preface with all that is to say this week's episode is going to be a little different than usual. In fact, I won't have the normal amount of time I generally do to edit. And I mean, as the time this goes up, I'm recording at like 8 p.m. So I'm fighting against the clock to get this thing up by midnight in an effort to, you know, hit my every show has to be up by Thursday, you know, kind of thing that I've created for myself. Um, not to say I'm pushing, you know, getting the product out there to have it out on time over the quality, but I just want to, you know, have this podcast consistently out on Thursdays. Not that anyone's going to be listening to my show at like 1130 tonight when it finally goes up. But nonetheless, that's where we're at with this week's show. So I'm going to do the format a little different than usual. We're not going to really preface with what I've been playing. That's what I was originally going to talk about, you know, and then kind of the smaller, slower news stories of the week. Um, of course, I've been playing some more Outer Worlds. I did finish that game and uh, I started some other games and, and just played some other shit. But that's not what we're going to get into. We'll save that for next week's discussion when the news slows down a bit. Let's let's just jump right into the news this week and all the big announcements from XO19. Okay, so obviously during XO19, we got a bunch of announcements through the Inside Xbox that debuted earlier today. So let's just talk about some of the highlight news and we'll get into some of the smaller stories maybe a little bit later and maybe next week. But let's focus on the big ones. Um, so the show opened up and it's kind of like, you know, to preface, actually to walk it back just a little bit. So this was kind of like a mini E3. I know XO19 last year when it was in it was in Mexico. It was in Mexico City. Uh, this year it was in London. And it was just, I don't know, it's like this big fan event they've been doing for Xbox. And I'm actually really excited about it as, as the event continues to grow. I really think this could be like a, a, a massive fan event that could just, I don't know, gain a lot of traction. I guess the reason why I don't think about it too much or the reason why it seems like it doesn't get talked about too much is because it's not something that takes place in the States. Um, and generally with these kinds of events, you know, that's when they get the most traction is when, you know, the the games market, or at least from my perspective, is very US-centric, um, or rather games media and games press seems to be very US-centric, so much to the point where, like, even Sony kind of, positions their consoles as more of like a U.S. first kind of thing because that's just where the media is. It's where the buzz comes from. It's, you know, not not to say that's where it should happen, but it just is how it normally happens. So Exxon, you know, is an event that I haven't really thought about too much, but this year I think really kicked things into high gear and showed that this is kind of a big event that's here to stay and almost a little bit like Microsoft's own fan e3 event so it's just awesome to have this event all about xbox and to have you know not just some small announcements but like some real heavy hitter announcements and you know next year when they do xo 20 presumably it's going to be around the time of the scarlet launch so i mean if this year was as impressive as it was i mean imagine what we're going to get next year so just a little bit of you know just prefacing with what a cool event and how awesome is it that, you know, here we are in, in, in November and we're getting like an E3, not quite E3 level of press conference, but some E3 
type announcements in kind of an E3 format of a um, media briefing. So it's just really awesome. Uh, but yeah, let's just jump into these big announcements. The first one was, you know, during Microsoft's Inside Xbox, which debuted earlier today at XO19, um, Studio Rare uh, released some new updates for their popular shared world pirate game, Sea of Thieves, of course. But more interestingly, uh, the studio announced that there is a second team within Rare that's been hard at work on a brand new IP. Uh, unrelated to Sea of Thieves, which was revealed in a, a trailer that is more of like a mood piece or setting trailer than an actual reveal of what the game is. Uh, regardless, they called the game Everwild, and while we don't know pretty much anything about it at the moment, the trailer certainly, sh certainly showcased more of Rare's incredible ability to create colorful and aesthetically endearing worlds. So this world... First thing I noticed, you know, when I thought saw this trailer, is this really is kind of Rare's trademark these days. Of course, Rare's made some more like true looking games, like realistic looking games, but it seems like really ever since uh, Banjo Tooie or Grab by the Ghoulies or whatever, you know, for as long as Rare's been an Xbox studio, that is, they've just really embraced, you know, with the exception of Perfect Dark Zero, they've just really embraced their kind of artsy look, their kind of cartoonish, but not like childishly cartoonish kind of aesthetic and. You know, despite the fact that Rare today in 2020 or 2019 is nothing like the Rare of the 1990s, it's just there's something that is so inherently rare to be to do this kind of art style they've done. And you see it in Sea of Thieves where it's like kind of colorful and cartoonish and playful, but not necessarily a kid's game. And, it, you know, it's an all ages game when you look at something like Sea of Thieves, but it doesn't matter what they're making. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a kid's game like like a Viva Pinata or if it's like a a mature game like Conker's Bad Fur Day. They're just always using this kind of colorful and artistic aesthetic that I, I really appreciate. And you see that in Everwild. And I think that's kind of what this trailer sets to do is it, it kind of looks instantly iconically rare when you look at it with just the kind of pastel artwork. And I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not artistically savvy enough to really explain what I'm seeing here. But, you know, it's like a Sea of Thieves or like any rare game where it just has that trademark rare art aesthetic. And you know, you get a, a sense of like this beautiful environment that they've created. It's very picturesque and nature driven. And you see this like uh, fauna and like these deer type creatures and things like that. It's a very pretty and interesting looking world. But honestly, what they showed in the trailer and, and mind you, I've only seen the trailer once. Um, it's just not it doesn't really show much. It doesn't it, I don't feel like it really did anything to make me like, oh, I can't wait to learn more about this world. Um I'm very intrigued by what this game is just because I'm a big fan of Rare and I'm always excited to see what they're working on. And, you know, they haven't made many games, especially in recent history. So anytime they're working on something new, it's just very interesting to find out what that new thing is. Um, so we'll learn more about this game eventually. Uh, but for the time being, it's just like, a, OK, it's I guess the news isn't so much what the game is, because even though they titled it and showed us a mood trailer, I think the bigger news is just that Rare is working on a new game. This is especially interesting when considering, you know, how successful Sea of Thieves is and how dedicated that community is and how dedicated Rare has been to keeping that community alive and keeping that game persisting. Um, and they promise to keep that going, that the team working on Everwild is a separate team uh, and that Sea of Thieves is not going to begin, you know, sunsetting or, or losing its support at, by any means. So that's really exciting, you know, of course, for fans of, of Sea of Thieves, but also for fans like myself who, you know, despite admiring Sea of Thieves, just haven't really been able to get into it and, and really make it a game they play regularly so it's nice to know that there's still some rare content on the way that I can enjoy because it's not like Sea of Thieves is the only thing they're working on so you know just I mean check that trailer out it's, you'll know instantly what I mean which just it looks very much like a rare game but there's nothing we know about it and it's very early in development so I wouldn't expect any news anytime soon about kind of when it's coming out and what to expect from it uh, obviously this is a project scarlet game there's no way in hell this is an xbox one game so i don't expect this game to be out any sooner than 2021 at the earliest um so just keep that in mind if this is something you saw and we're thinking wow i can't wait to play that because it's definitely not a an xbox one game but our next game you know they they moved into some obsidian news you know kind of touting the outer worlds and its recent success obviously being a brand new game but of course the Outer Worlds wasn't the only game in development um, by Obsidian, apparently, as they, too, also have a separate studio that's been working on a side project. 
this project now, it's not like another brand new AAA full size game like The Outer Worlds. In fact, it's kind of more of like a, a pet project or a smaller title on the side, which, you know, is exciting to me. I think there's always room for all these kinds of things. But nonetheless, they announced a game called Grounded. It's a new first person co op survival game coming in spring of 2020, so it's very imminent. Um, and it will come to Xbox One digitally through Game Pass, of course. Um, but first, it's actually going to come out on Game Preview. So you can play Xbox PC, and you can get in on it pretty soon if you're going to do the Game Preview. But also, just Game Pass in just a few months, it'll be fully out. So another new first-party Xbox game, which is super exciting. Uh, but Grounded will be um, basically, or rather, I guess, the official announcement for Grounded reads, just to give you some context for what we're what we're looking at and what this game is going to be. Uh, basically, the, the Xbox Wire uh, posted as... In Grounded, players are shrunken down to the size of an ant and tasked with surviving a unique micro-world of suburban backyard. Players must gather, craft, and build bases with everyday objects found around the yard, searching for life-saving resources and living alongside giant, peaceful insects while fighting to survive massive, hostile inhabitants. Grounded provides a mix of environmental and narrative-driven storytelling. Setting a versatile, handcrafted sandbox structure, it allows players to create their own experiences from the ground up. Tasks that may seem approachable to a human size become challenging and dangerous in the backyard landscape. This familiar yet fantastical world can be navigable solo or in four-player co-op where players work together to compete missions and explore the intricately detailed world. So the game, like I said, comes to PC and Game Pass in spring, uh, but Insiders will get to play it a little bit sooner, so stay tuned for announcements on that. This game, um, this is the least Obsidian-looking Obsidian game I've ever seen in my entire life, and I believe, you know, they didn't say anything to make us think otherwise, but I believe this will be the first fully published by Microsoft, fully funded by Microsoft kind of uh, original Xbox One obsidian game so that's really exciting because of course outer worlds was too far along in development during by the time the acquisition came around for microsoft to uh have been the sole publisher and for it to have been a console exclusive on xbox so i think this is going to be the you know they didn't say anything to make me think otherwise i think this will be obsidian's first like sole xbox platform game which is exciting um but yeah it's also has kind of like a more playful aesthetic to it um and the interesting news here is that you know this this is a studio that traditionally makes RPG games and, and third person and giant massive, you know, explorative games and is making a kind of smaller scale survival game. That's, I don't really know what to make of it. I guess I, I'm not versed enough in the survival genre to really understand what it means to just call something a survival game, right? Like obviously Minecraft is a survival game and that in its in of itself is interesting to think, you know, why is Microsoft publishing and in, in funding this new survival game when they are already the owners of the most massively, wildly successful survival game in the history of all time? You know, one of the most successful games of all time, which is Minecraft, of course, right? But nonetheless, they're allowing Obsidian to work on this kind of alternative take on the genre. But I, I guess it would be wrong to look at this and think Minecraft. Yes, there's building. Yes, there's exploring. Yes, there's survival elements to it. But it sounds by the description like it's also kind of story driven uh which of course minecraft isn't and it seems like it's a little more small scale and while i don't know what in particular aside from the kind of setting or the kind of synopsis of the game i don't know what mechanically is supposed to make this game so inherently different from a game like say minecraft right um but nonetheless it is interesting to have this kind of like dreamworks ants situation where you're shrunken down to the size of a fucking ant and left to like fend yourself from spiders and survive with like pebbles of dirt and whatever the hell it is ants do with their lives so it's just an interesting kind of concept for a survival game and i i like i think it's fun i like i love games like this for the sole reason that i just think it's fun to make games about being wacky and fun right it's the same thing i love about animated movies it's a rare example of a of an interact of, of a entertainment medium where you can just make the synopsis as goofy and fucking stupid as possible because it just works in this in this setting. You know, it's not like a lot, you can't make fucking like Pixar's Cars a live action movie because that's just stupid. Although I should hold my fucking tongue because I won't be surprised if Disney does that in ten years. Um, but nonetheless, you know, that's the kind of thing that could work for an animated movie. I feel like gaming has a similar kind of um, benefit to it where it's like you can make this stupid game about you know, being shrunken down to the size of an ant and surviving. And it just kind of inherently caters itself to the mechanics of video games and to kind of the gameplay loop 
that you might find in something like a survival game, which I just think is interesting. So nonetheless, maybe maybe it is just the setting and the synopsis itself that sets this game apart from other games in the, quote, survival genre. But as someone who's kind of illiterate in that genre, this will be interesting to see kind of what this game is. And, you know, it's coming soon, so I guess we'll find out more soon. And I, I suspect we'll get plenty of trailers and in-depth looks in the coming months. So it's not like they're just going to drop this game without any more info. So We'll be uh, we'll be keeping our eyes out on Obsidian's new survival game. Again, you know that's a, sm- a much smaller side team in Obsidian. That's not like the main project they're working on. I'm sure Obsidian is currently either in the early pre-production days of a uh, Outer Worlds two or their next big you know RPG game. And that this is more of like a a little side like like an indie dev team within Obsidian, if if such a thing could exist. You know, think of it like that. So our next story here is that, again, during Microsoft's XO19 event in London today, developer Ninja Theory provided a deep look in their upcoming character-based competitive brawler, Bleeding Edge. So, of course, we've seen Bleeding Edge. It was announced at E3. It's had some betas on Xbox, on PC. Um, but now we finally have a launch date for the game, which is, again, sooner than I expected. A lot of these soon-to-release Microsoft games. Uh, so on March 24th, 2020, uh, Bleeding Edge will le- release through Xbox Game Pass via PC and Xbox as well, you know, the console. Uh, and will be available additionally, you know, for standalone purchase for $30. So they're not selling it as a full-blown game, which doesn't surprise me because this seems like a very com- multiplayer-focused game. It doesn't have a campaign. It's more of just, you know, again, this is, I don't see this as Ninja Theory's next big AAA game. This is more of like a, we're making a new multiplayer kind of games as a service thing and, we're letting kind of the smaller team B work on this and, and cultivate it. Not to say that it's intended to be any less important, but just to say that this isn't their next big narrative AAA endeavor. This is just like the side team's creative project. So um, that being said, I worry about a game like Bleeding Edge. I don't see it succeeding. And that's not me saying I want to see it fail. Like I think the game looks mechanically fun i don't like any of the characters the new trailer they showed today i just doesn't intrigue me at all the the new characters look ugly to me but i'm sure someone thinks they're cool it's it's kind of in that vein of you know overwatch which really pioneered this modern interpretation of like these hero based games um which i just personally haven't been a huge fan of despite my love for apex legends um but you know it's just I don't see this game taking off. It's just, you know, it's limited to PC and Xbox. And that's not to say, you know, PC is a massive market, but it's just, it doesn't, it's not catering on all platforms. It's coming into this genre. I feel like at kind of a late time and I just don't feel like it has generated the buzz or the interest that it needs in order to really captivate an audience. Now, that being said, it seems like more than ever these days, games can kind of find a more niche and cultivated audience in, in a way that doesn't garner mainstream per- you know, attention and still do do just fine. Like you don't hear people talking about Sea of Thieves all the time, but that game's massively successful. And a way Microsoft's been able to do that with games like Sea of Thieves is, you know, through the power of Xbox Game Pass, which of course Bleeding Edge will have that massive benefit as well. So maybe it will be able to find an audience. And I I sure hope it does. I I like Ninja Theory. I want to see them succeed. I want to see this game do well. I'm just personally not in, I'm not too optimistic that's going to be a game changer or or really find a a hardcore audience, but I could be wrong. I I know pretty much nothing. So who knows? Um, Lastly, with Bleeding Edge, you know, and the in the statement announcing the game, they wanted to let you know that there's also going to be a punk pack that includes bonus content. Um, And to get that, you can just you just got to buy the game within the first week or play it on Game Pass within the first week. And you receive all that. It comes with some extra cosmetics and character stuff. So Look out for all that. There was a new trailer for the game that was released during XO19. It shows off some of the characters and reveals a new character. So if you're really interested in Bleeding Edge, if you played the beta and you're enjoying it, be sure to check that out. You might you might be happy with what you see. Uh, and again, I'm not knocking it. I'm excited to try it at some point. I'm just not entirely confident that's going to be a big hit. Um, but regardless, let's move on to the next uh, story, which is that, again, keeping with XO19, the developers of the Life is Strange series, Don't Nod, has announced another game during today's Xbox, Inside Xbox, rather. So directly from the Xbox Wire, this year at XO19 in London, Xbox Game Studios was proud to unveil Tell Me Why, a gripping and true-to-life narrative adventure coming to Xbox One, Windows 10 PC, Xbox Game Pass, and Steam, starting in summer 2020. Tell Me Why is the next title from our partner, Don't Nod Entertainment, the studio behind the beloved Life is Strange franchise. Set in a small town in Alaska, Tell Me Why places you at the heart of a mystery. Myster- 
sorry, a mystery in the intimate and true to life story where twins Tyler and Allison Ronan use their extraordinary bond to unravel memories of a loving but troubled childhood. So what makes this game interesting, it, first of all, it looks very Life is Strange. It has that kind of art aesthetic. It has that kind of, you know, teen drama, kind of emotional coming of age, but some supernatural twist to it kind of thing going on with it. So immediately this speaks to me as someone who loved the Life is Strange series. This is very much my kind of thing, and I'm definitely interested in playing this. Now, the first big important piece of information is that it's a three-episode game, and unlike Life is Strange, they're not going to roll it out like an episode every two months for you know the course of a year or whatever. It's going to be all three episodes release at the same time next sometime uh, next summer, which is nice. That way, you'll be able to play the whole thing in you know quick succession without kind of losing the the pacing of where you were in the previous episode, waiting between you know episodes to come out. So that's a huge plus. Um, but additionally, this game tries to set itself apart with this kind of uh, narrative tackling of the kind of LGBT um, kind of narrative. And Don't Not explains this kind of in this press release as saying that they've been working closely with Microsoft and the LGBTQ, sorry, LGBTQ, always mouthful, media advocacy group uh, called GLAAD or G-L-A-A-D in shaping Tyler, one of the characters, as an authentic representation of trans of the trans experience, as well as a genuine, multi-dimensional character, Tyler is also the first playable character, video game hero, uh, from a major studio and publisher who is also transgender. And of course, they want to show that off not because they support transgender people, but because that's a huge media boom. I mean, oh, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's because they really care. Um, Microsoft and Don't Nod have approached Tyler with a real commitment to authenticity. Quote explains Nick Adams, director of transgender representation at GLAAD. I, I hope they call that GLAAD. I hope they don't call it GLAAD. Otherwise, I just sound like an idiot. Uh, quote, Tyler is a fully realized endearing character whose story is not reduced to simplistic trans tropes. Creating a playable lead trans character and taking such a such care in getting it right raises the bar for future LGBTQ inclusion in gaming, end quote. The story of Tell Me Why is comprised of three chapters like i said they'll all be released at the same time next summer um and then so yeah that's that's that story that's the gist of that story not much to say again there's a trailer go check it out if you like the life is strange series i can't imagine you're not gonna be interested in this it's very much in that vein but it looks like it takes place in its own separate universe um and you know that was very press releasey the way they were tackling the transgender thing so i assume that the game isn't going to try to be like heavy-handed and overtly like we're doing this for the sake of you know trans representation i think it's going to be you know just them trying to tell a compelling and, and interesting story but at least this this press release anyway just kind of makes me like all right are you are you making this game because like someone has a passionate story about a trans experience that they want to tell or are you making this story because you feel like you can, you know, get a lot of attention by kind of beating everyone to the punch with the kind of trans experience in a video game. So I don't know. It seems like people don't really care what the motive is. People just want to see representation regardless of its intention. So, you know, if this game makes people happy and people enjoy it, who gives a shit? I just want people to be happy. So that's all that matters. Regardless, I'm going to play it either way because I love Don't Nod. I love Life is Strange. And these guys haven't let me down so far. And this trailer is super enticing to me. So you know, if you're into more of those narrative kind of um, adventure games, uh, definitely keep your eyes on this. I am ready for another another gripping uh, adventure narrative series where some teenager makes me cry because uh, that's what Life is Strange will make you do. Anyway, our next story is that um, an extensive update was given in regarding regarding Project X Cloud during the XO19 Inside Xbox um, showcase. So let's parse through this one bit by bit. I've got the Xbox Wire post here, and we're going to kind of go through bits and pieces of the update and talk about this because I, I didn't really think they were going to go through this much of an update, but wow, they had a lot to say about xCloud. So first off, they went out and said, you know, Project xCloud, while it's in its um, testing phase, has had more than 50 plus titles added to it. So at this point, you know, we went from just having like Gears 5, Halo 5 and Forza and Sea of Thieves to like having 50 plus games like this thing is growing fast, which is pretty awesome to see like how many partners and how many games are coming on board as fast as they are so that we can play a bunch of new exciting games. So basically they just want to come out and, and first kind of tout that, that they got a lot of first party support, of course, and now they're starting to get a lot of third party support. They even had someone from EA come out and, and announced that Madden 2020 is, is on there. Devil may cry, devil may, sorry, devil may cry five and Texan tech, 
Tekken 7 are now on there. Holy shit, what is happening to me? Uh, I, I'm not editing a lot this week, so goddamn, I'm trying to not screw up a whole lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you're getting a lot of third-party support in there as well. There's a whole list you can check out on Xbox Wire, but needless to say, there's there's plenty of, of games to play if you're in the uh, preview for this and you've been playing it, which, by the way, I was going to talk about. I, I got accepted into the, the xCloud preview, but... Uh, I downloaded the app and I excitedly got prepared to to play xCloud for the first time and quickly realized I only have an old Xbox controller that that doesn't have the uh, Bluetooth built into it. So I don't know. But regardless, um, that was like the first bit of news. And it's like, okay, so what? There's a lot of games. We expect that to grow. But this is where it starts to get interesting is the next one. So they, they talked about expanding ways to play, you know, not just limiting you to having to connect an Xbox controller to your mobile device, your Android device in order to play xCloud. So I was like, okay, I saw this coming, you know, the third party peripherals. So we're going to get whatever. What is it? But they went on to say, you know, it's not just things like you'll be able to use like a new Razer gamepad or maybe if Mad Cats or someone makes, you know, a new gamepad, you can use that. But they even announced like you can use your DualShock 4, which reminds me as I'm speaking right now that. I can now play Game Pass because I have a DualShock 4 controller, so I can just use that. Um, but yeah, so this is really exciting stuff, and it was funny to watch kind of the audience reaction to that. There was a lot of like, <gasps> like shock, and but also a little bit of booing. It's like, ah, fuck off. This is exciting stuff. It's, I love this. This is this is what modern day Xbox is. This is what I'm always talking about. This is Microsoft in its modern incarnation saying, yeah, we make hardware, we make software, we make services, we make products, and we want you to buy Microsoft if you want to, but also we want you to just have options and we want you to just use our shit. So if playing, you know, if using Project X Cloud means you got to use a PlayStation controller to do it, fuck it, so be it. Use a PlayStation controller and enjoy, you know, at Project X Cloud because you don't have to have an Xbox controller to do it. We're not going to limit you like that. And I just love that. I love that mentality that's just like consumer focused, consumer friendly, just you guys get to do what you want. Choice, choice, choice. And that's, you know, that's what Xbox has been all about. That's what Microsoft's been all about as of late. And it's just so exciting to see them just like, yeah, you know, the PlayStation controller, you know, our competitive, just like basically the Voldemort of the Xbox world. Go ahead and use that shit. Whereas, you know, not to knock PlayStation, PlayStation's just a little more traditional in how they would handle something like this. You know, you've never heard PlayStation acknowledge the existence of Xbox, but that's, you know, but you know damn well that their biggest competitor in the most direct, you know, comparison to draw to the PlayStation brand would be the Xbox brand. It's just so interesting to see Sony kind of be, I guess, a little more old school and just being like, hey, we're doing our own thing. We're, we're in competition with these guys, but we got to focus on us. And just to see Microsoft be like breaking down walls left and right. They're like, play with everyone, play anywhere, do anything. And it's just Obviously, that's what the marketing and the PR push has been in recent years. So that's a little heavy handed at this point to, to, to put it like that. But I just love seeing like shit like that where they're just like, take your PlayStation 4 controller and use it to play Halo 5. We don't give a shit. Just just play Halo 5, you know, just enjoy it. Um, so, I mean, it's so it's so cool to see that kind of stuff happen. But next up, the big the next update in, in this uh, slew of updates regarding xCloud is that they're talking about more opportunities for players around the world to get involved. So they're expanding xCloud's insider preview to Canada, India, Japan and Western Europe, um, because as of now, it had just been, you know, the United States, the UK and, I, and South Korea. I believe it's just those three territories. So. We're getting more places, of course, to play and trying to expand the player base um, because obviously you want as many people using the service as possible. So it's just cool to see xCloud kind of growing and growing and growing, not just in games, but in availability, which is you know crucial because you need people playing your service in order for it to stick and become a thing. So that's kind of more of a, of course, we're getting there, but here's uh, the next few territories that are opening up. If you're a listener from uh, Japan, India, Canada, or Western Europe, which I know zero of you are, they, there you go. Look at that. You can play xCloud soon. Um, so then they talked about kind of what else are they working on. Um, this is where it gets pretty interesting again. So they're talking about partnering with more of the world of like other publishers, other developers, you know, third parties to kind of get more stuff over there. And and then they pull this this little number on us. That's just like, are you fucking kidding me? That's so cool. So basically, they're making it to where and, you know, I'm not technologically savvy enough to really understand how to word this elegantly. But what essentially what they're talking about is they're making it to where, you know, developing games or developing on X cloud now is basically like developing just regular Xbox architecture. Um, and just kind of making each, you know, Xbox more like X cloud and X cloud more like Xbox to where developing for one thing is exactly like the other. So that there's no real extra effort for 
especially third parties, or just any developers in general to have to get their games on xCloud. It's just as simple as when you're making a game for Xbox, you're basically making a game for xCloud. So why not let your game be on xCloud? And just, you know, making that dev experience and opportunity so easy just allows, you know, for way more content and way more games to show up on your platform. So that was just kind of one of those. I love it. It's like it's like that UWP approach and just applying it to video games. It's you know it's what they do on computers. It's what they were tr- or rather trying to do back in the uh, Windows Phone, early Windows Ten era, where they were just like, hey, make an app for the Microsoft Store and it just works on every fucking device. Period. You don't have to design multiple apps for multiple things. And I just love how they're taking that kind of spirit in applying it to xbox now where they're just like oh you're making a game for xbox cool well little do you know you're also making a game for uh, project x cloud because just everything is just super easy with the way we've set it up and that's that's exciting for everyone right um so that's kind of where x cloud is as of this conference which was some really nice updates as well as some kind of expected ones then we got a, a slew of some smaller announcements um this next one well i guess technically a smaller announcement but easily one of the most exciting announcements for me which is of course some halo reach news some halo news uh so during xo19 we got a new trailer for the ongoing halo reach move to the halo master chief collection um and during that trailer it was finally revealed finally 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 revealed the release date for halo reach and um it looks like it's coming out pretty damn soon. So Halo Reach will come to Game Pass, Xbox One, Windows 10, Steam, everything on December 3rd. So just a few, couple, just a couple of weeks away um, until this beautiful game makes a, a big return into our hearts. You know, it's first, it's debut on Xbox One and it's debut on PC. So this will be, this will actually begin the launch of the Master Chief Collection on PC. The, so the Master Chief Collection is coming in its entirety to PC. But it will start on December 3rd with Halo Reach. And then, you know, over time, they'll slowly dole out, roll out the uh, the rest of the Master Chief Collection. So this is exciting stuff. Halo, Halo, Halo. This is a Halo game I think a lot of people are, are starting to get nostalgic for and starting to get antsy to play again. So I'm excited to see this kind of generate some buzz for Halo and maybe help uh, add some gravy onto that hype train for uh, Halo Infinite, which is by far the most important game ever. Uh, and can't wait for it to come out next year. So that's super exciting. I just love Halo news. So I can't wait to play to play Halo Reach. In fact, I've been I've been itching to play it so much lately that I was thinking about just playing it on my Xbox 360. But I knew this release date was imminent, so I've been trying to hold out so I can experience it on Xbox One and kind of re-experience it that way. And the good news is I don't have to wait much longer, and and you don't too, because of course Game Pass makes everything accessible and free. Our next minor update is that Microsoft Flight Simulator, uh, which was announced you know about a year ago or back at E3 rather, got, we got another look at that in a new trailer uh, revealed during Inside Xbox. And basically it came with the announcement that there uh, are some aircraft partnerships. So you'll be able to f- fly like specific aircrafts and specific brands and things like that. Uh, the partnerships that they've announced in alphabetical order are Airbrush, the Boeing company, uh, Cubcrafters, Dar, Dare, Dar, well, shut up. Diamond Aircraft Industries, Icon Aircraft, Robin Aircraft, and Textron Aircraft. The game will launch in 2020 without a specific release date as of now. But, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator, I felt the need to include that in there just because it seems like there's a way bigger audience and way bigger demand for this game than I thought there was. I know this was more of a niche thing. It was kind of crazy for them to make another Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's like, what a throwback to early days of, of PC programs. But, um, I, I'm actually, I, despite the fact that I can't be bothered to care about this game, I can't help but be excited for people that are excited because it's just one of those, it's one of those scenarios where it's like people never thought they would get something like this and they're getting it and people are so excited. And it's just one of those super niche, super unlikely to happen things. It reminds me of like, you know, when, when people like when they made mirror's edge catalyst and fans like myself were like, Oh my God, I never thought we'd get another mirror's edge. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's ex- even though it's not my game, it's exciting to be excited for people who are looking forward to this. So got to include that, N- not to mention, you know, it's an Xbox Game Studios game, so it's it's relevant news. So if you, if you don't care, just shut up and accept it. Um, our next story, next smaller one. So earlier this year, Xbox announced that Age of Empires now has a dedicated studio as part of the Xbox Game Studios family. So today they unveiled the name for that studio, which is led by Shannon Loftus, uh, and, the, and the studio's name is World's Edge. So World's Edge is the studio behind, or is now the in-house Xbox Game Studios team that is working on the Age of Empires uh, franchise. So basically the announcement said that spanning multiple disciplines, the team is directing, guiding, innovating, and caring for the legacy of Age of Empires, working alongside, alongside development partners, their 
breathing new life into their previous titles with the definitive editions of Age of Empires 2, uh, which launches today, as well as Age of Empires next chapter, which is Age of Empires 4. Um, a new trailer for Age of Empires 4 was released, while the second one, the definitive edition of the sec- sequel, is available now on Windows 10 and through Game Pass Ultimate on you know Xbox One, of course. PC, sorry, on Xbox Game Pass for PC through a beta, and it's also available on Steam. So, again, it's just what we're seeing from this game is it's like what we're what we're seeing from this event rather is that everything that's being announced, everything that's coming to Xbox is coming to like a bunch of platforms, but it's all Xbox. It's kind of weird. It's like you get on Xbox, you get on PC, but you can also get it on Steam, which is a way of getting it on PC. But you can also get it on Game Pass, which is a way of getting it on Xbox and PC. So it's just. It's two platforms, but lots of ways to approach it within those two platforms, which again, choice. It's all about choice. Who gives a shit? As long as you're playing and enjoying these games, we'll put it wherever we got to put it. So a couple more little uh, smaller updates before we close out the big news from XO19. So this next one, brace yourselves. Uh, So uh, both collections of the um, Kingdom Hearts, uh, some some anime shit. God damn it. We got to talk about this. So Kingdom Hearts is... I can't actually believe it. Finally coming to Xbox One. So both recently released collections, the 1.5 plus 2.5 remix and HD 2.8 final chapter prologue will be coming to Xbox One next year. Um, So some combination of those two games will essentially allow you to play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 on Xbox One. In addition to that, you'll also get a bunch of cut scenes and access to the 45,000 other Kingdom Hearts games that have been released on Game Boy Advance, Game Boy, I mean, Nintendo DS, Nintendo 3DS, PlayStation Portable, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation whatever, PlayStation Home, PlayStation Now, PlayStation Go Home, all those things. So you'll be able to play all your little Kingdom Hearts games and watch all your anime cutscenes and and learn about Goofy and Donald and and why they're best friends with Hercules and why the cloud from Final Fantasy VII is uh you know really intricately entwined with a uh, Tramp from Lady and the Tramp or whatever the fuck it is the story's about. Uh, just remember. If you wanna, if you wanna know all of the Kingdom Hearts series, you can't just play one, two, and three. Despite the fact that they're all now on Xbox, you still have to play all the side ones because they're still equally as important narratively. Uh, but also, just know that even if you play all the games, you still won't know what this game is about because it's just a convoluted, stupid mess. Uh, but in addition to Kingdom Hearts, for all you Kingdom Hearts fans, it looks like we're getting some some Final Fantasy games coming to PC. So some more some more palatable uh, um, Square Enix RPGs. So. Coming to PC and Xbox uh, soon-ish, no firm release dates, you're getting 10 Final Fantasy games. So that's Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, 13, 13, 2, 13 Lightning Returns, and Final Fantasy 15. All of those games are going to be coming out via Game Pass. They'll be on PC. They'll be on Xbox. That's pretty exciting stuff. Some of these games have been available on one platform or another, but now all of these games will be available on both of these platforms, which is actually like a, a whole shit ton of games. So pretty exciting, but all, although I will say it's kind of ridiculous how long it took for all these Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games to get to Xbox. But nonetheless, they're here. I, I was kind of at the point where I gave up hope that they were ever going to happen, but... It's 2019, the year where Microsoft finally released the Surface phone, so anything is possible, I guess. Uh, these games alone should tell you everything you need to know about these games. You know, just the titles themselves kind of say everything you need to know when you, when you have a game called Final Fantasy 13 2 Lightning Returns. I mean, but I'm not judgmental. You guys you guys enjoy what you enjoy. So that's that. You can play all that shit on, on PC. You know, actually, you know, you know, one thing I want to do as an aside is towards the end of the event when Phil Spencer came out, it was really nice to see him kind of come out and just do that humble Phil Spencer thing he does where he's like, he's, he's like owning up to how like he's aware that the RPG support and the Japanese support that fans have been asking for for years just isn't there and how he's like, I know I'm responsible for that. I know that's my job. I know we have a lot of hard work to get to where we need to be and just doing that Phil Spencer thing where he's just super transparent and drops the PR act and just is like a gamer talking to gamers. And it's just one of those moments where I'm just sitting there staring at this YouTube video, this YouTube replay of this event. And I'm just tearing up and clapping because goddamn, we don't deserve Phil Spencer. But I just wanted to throw that little shout out. Cause what, a, what a goddamn great man he is. Um, so a couple, two more stories and wrap, wrap up all that. So a smaller one, Minecraft dungeons, it finally got its release date. So that will be coming out in April of 2020. There's a new trailer for that. If you want to check that out, Minecraft dungeons is the kind of Diablo like dungeon crawler Minecraft game, which actually looks super good. And I'm pretty excited to check out. Uh, and then finally the, the, the show closed out with the, uh, rumored and confirmed announcement of Wasteland 3. Um, 
so it closed out the show, like I said, and it's coming out on May 18, 2020. Again, just another Microsoft game. It's like, how is this? All these games are coming out before E3. So keep that in mind. Basically, everything that we learned about or got to look at today, for the most part, will be out before E3. So E3 is when we're going to get our full Project Scarlet reveal, as well as our fall 2020 game looks, games look. So basically, everything we saw today is not going to be at E3 because it will have already come out by then. That's just how much shit we have coming, um, aside from, of course, Rare's new game, which is definitely not coming anytime soon. Aside from that, Phil Spencer even talked about how he's just like, now that we own all these studios, now that we're bigger than ever before, you can expect that every time we come to an event like a Gamescom or an E3 or an XO, that we're going to have a new game to release, announce every time, at least, a new, at least one new game, you know, something I haven't seen before, which is just exciting to think, Xbox is this brand that's been associated for so long with just like harping on the same few IPs and just not having enough diversity uh, of first party titles. And now we're in this position where Xbox is like constantly announcing new shit all the time. And the further and further we get these new studios away from their kind of previously tied up contracts with things like the Outer Worlds where it was published by, you know, Private Division and kind of already tangled up in these other other uh, release schedules and with these other publishers. And the more and more these studios become acclimated and in, uh, indoctrinated into the Xbox ecosystem, the more and more we're just going to see these like very Xbox, very distinctively exclusive Xbox games coming. So it's just so cool. And who knows, maybe at E3 we'll see a, we'll finally see a, a little teaser trailer for what that new studio, the, the, um, the uh, initiative is working on. But yeah, if, not to deviate too much, Wasteland 3 is coming up. It is, of course, multi-plat. It's, it's being developed by InXile, and it is published by Deep Silver. Again, this is an example of this game was already in development by the time Microsoft came around and, and gobbled up InXile, which is why we're seeing that kind of thing happen. Uh, but thanks to Microsoft's acquisition, as InXile explains, the studio has been able to really kick up production this game, making the visuals more impressive, fully voice acted, kind of larger scale and larger scope than ever before. And to kind of really make this a, a, a true sequel, like a really high-end sequel, because now they got that big Microsoft money to back them up. So that's exciting. If you're a fan of Wasteland 3, be sure to check it out. Uh, it's got a nice snowy uh, setting, and it looks actually pretty good. As someone who's never played a Wasteland game, I'm I'm in, intending on trying this one out. Um, so we'll see how that goes as someone who doesn't generally like um, RPGs. So that's the end of the XO19 news. Uh, lots of new stuff. Of course, there were some other smaller announcements, and we'll get to some stuff later in next week. But I want to just <laughs> take a big breath and just say, like, what a cool event. Again, it, obviously, it's not an E3 caliber event, but that was a lot of news and a lot of exciting stuff for just a, you know, a fan event, a smaller, in, an inside Xbox episode, something that they do every month. Are you kidding me? So exciting stuff and just uh, looking forward to X, sorry, XO 2020, XO 2021 and just kind of seeing that evolve and become a, a mainstay event every every um, fall season because this was awesome. And I'm sure if you were there in, in, in London experiencing this, it was even more awesome. Now just a couple of wrap up stories today. We're going to go over some of the smaller news stories that are unrelated to XO 19 that, that came out this week. The main one, of course, uh, being that the Halo series coming to Showtime just got some new casting changes so or casting introductions. So directly from IGN, the cast of the show of Showtime's Halo series continues to grow with the network revealing that it has cast two more series mainstays, Jacob and Miranda Keys, and production is set to begin this month in Budapest. David Sapani uh, will play Captain Jacob Keys, described as a dedicated military man, a war hero, and a caring father. He reminds he finds that working alongside his daughter and his ex-wife is actually the cause of conflict rather than comfort. Olivia Gray has been cast as his daughter, Dr. Miranda Keys, a, quote, brilliant UNSC commander who is dedicated to understanding the technology, language, and culture of the Covenant, but she'll still have to learn to navigate the politics of the UNSC uh, to get what she wants, end quote. The friction between the father and daughter will be explored in the new series. So this is a little interesting just because this is definitely a new take on these characters, which I fully expect from the series to kind of... This is actually kind of what I want to see the series do, which is what I've said in the past in regards to like a Gears of War movie or a Halo show, which is if you're going to if you're gonna do a movie or a TV show adaptation of this, try to look at what elements of the show or of the franchise and the universe could work and adapt well to television and movies rather than trying to shoehorn the pre-existing narrative of the games into movie format or TV show format. So I like the idea of like taking these well-known characters and kind of making them who they are, but also kind of reinventing them and 
refocusing how you portray these characters because that's how you extrapolate ideas from the Halo universe while also catering to the benefits of television and being able to make this not just another shitty video game adaptation, but make it, you know, a compelling story based on a universe that has all the potential in the world to be a good movie or a TV show. Just do I think it can happen? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm so jaded on anything when a game is ad- adapted to a show or movie because it almost always sucks. But here's hoping this one doesn't because goddamn, I love Halo and it would be really cool to have an awesome Halo show. I'm so excited. I'm still going to watch it no matter what. So who gives a shit if it's good or not? Uh, additionally, Showtime has also announced that Charlie Murphy uh, will play the character named McKee. McKee is an orphaned human raised by the Covenant to hate her own people. According to Showtime, McKee is a different character from the game's McKee, uh, who debuted in Halo 5 Guardians, and is the first female Sangheili character in the series. While I So I don't remember her from Halo 5, which is weird, because Halo 5 is like my, my favorite and I play it all the time, but apparently she exists. Uh, but she'll be a Sangheili character, or she won't be a Sangheili character, maybe, or she will, because she's an orphan who's raised by the Covenant, so she'll be leaving, living in St. Helio, which is the Covenant planet, um, or, or rather it's it's where all the elites live, those sexy elites from Halo. Um, so that's going to be happening, and she's kind of a, a new character or a reimagined character, which, again, feeds into my narrative that please just try to look for ways to reinvent the pre-existing universe to cater to the pros and the the strengths of TV, which it looks like that's what they're trying to do by kind of reworking some of these characters and their positions and their roles in this universe. Uh, The show is set to debut on Showtime sometime in the spring of 2021, which is a little later than I expected. I don't know why I I thought that they had already announced that it was coming out fall 2020, but whatever. I guess it's spring 2021, which I can wait, whatever. Take your time, make it good. Uh, In the fall of 2020, I don't need a Halo show because you know what? I'll be playing goddamn Halo Infinite like a like a fucking god because, oh, goddamn, I can't wait for Halo Infinite. Um, next up, we got a smaller one from Windows Central, just kind of a little update from Take Two. So I didn't know this until this week, but Take Two owns Private Division, the publisher of Outer Worlds. So that's news to me. So in a, in a roundabout way, the Outer Worlds is kind of a Take Two uh, published game. And for those who don't know, Take Two is is the studio that is, or rather, it's the publisher that owns Rockstar Games. So when you think of Grand Theft Auto, when you think of NBA 2K, that's where, you know, that's basically the same parent company at the end of the day where the Outer Worlds is, is funneling money up to. So I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. But they released a quarterly uh, earnings report, and, you know, revenue was up. Things were good. Borderlands had sold a shit ton, over 7 million units, um, which is really impressive. And just, like, what has it been, like, two and a half months since it came out? Um, and basically the game's selling extremely well digitally. They're saying over 70% of copies have been sold digitally. Additionally, Red Dead Redemption 2, which just hit PC, has already reached, reached 26.5 million units sold, which is just one of those, like, how the fuck is this possible numbers? Um, Grand Theft Auto Five, which just refuses to stop selling uh, after all these years, is at 115 million copies sold, which is just, of course. And NBA 2K20 has sold over 6 million copies so far, uh, no longer the best-selling game of the year, of course, especially because Call of Duty definitely took that that mantle. Uh, but still, it's just, dude, 2K is dominating the MPD charts this year. Um, and then, of course, on top of all that, to kind of Microsoft flavor this whole thing, Take Two came out and said, you know, that they were that they noted that open worlds has exceeded their expectations so far. That the Nintendo Switch version of the game is still set to be released before the end of March 2020, so just in a couple months. And that they're looking ahead to see kind of, you know, how, how the game continues to perform. And that overall they're really pleased with the sales and the performance of the game, which is exciting, especially considering that the game was launched through Game Pass on Xbox. So you got to assume that the game's not selling it particularly well on Xbox because most people are just playing through Game Pass. So in terms of sales for this game, you're really just looking at PlayStation and PC. And then, of course, well, I guess it is, is it on PC. I don't even know. Um, but... So this is just exciting news um, in in regards to Obsidian having a, a successful launch with Outer Worlds. I, I want them to see do well with this. I like Outer Worlds a lot. I'm glad people are playing it. I'm glad people are enjoying it. Uh, but it also makes me wonder, like, if there's any way Private Division owns the IP for Outer Worlds as a result of, you know, whatever deal was struck between them and Obsidian before Microsoft got in the picture, does this prevent Microsoft from ever being able to own 
the Outer Worlds IP, does this mean that there can't be a sequel to Outer Worlds? Does this mean if there's a sequel to Outer Worlds, Take-Two and Private Division get to publish it and it still gets to be multi-platform? It's just such an interesting situation to be in because you got to think Microsoft probably doesn't want to be buying these studios so that they continue to make games for PlayStation. But at the same time, I guess if they're making money, who cares? It's just... And how much money are they making when the game is being published by a different publisher? So it's just this this whole slew of questions that gets raised as a result of things like this. Um, if that IP is owned by Private Division as a result of whatever deal was struck initially, you got to assume they're not giving it up. And, and that Microsoft is probably going to have, if that's the case, if that IP is not owned by Obsidian, but rather by Take-Two and in, in Private Division, you got to assume Microsoft isn't going to want Obsidian to be making uh, Outer Worlds 2 but rather something else something that they can own but what do I know again it's just it's one of those things where like sure it's it's nice it's not it's not even so much about having it on PlayStation 4 and whether or not that's a good idea it's more about if there's this other publisher involved that's a lot of money that should be going into Microsoft's pocket that they're not having to split between you know 2k and private division as a result of you know, them having acquired the studio so late in that game's development. So I just think that's such an interesting story. And I, and I hope we learn more about how that works and kind of what Obsidian's future is. Cause obviously, um, obviously their, their new survival game is definitely not their mainstay or kind of their, their main focus going forward. It's just kind of a more of a side pet project. So our last little wrap up story is of course that Xbox is testing out. And this is like a real quick little side note one Xbox is testing out a new feature for users in the alpha skip ahead program. The new feature titled surprise me randomly selects games to play from the user's library when stuck in a difficult situation of having too many games to play while not knowing exactly which one to play. The new feature is located in the upper right of the mind games and apps section on the dashboard and it will assumably roll out to more users in the coming weeks. So that's just something to note. Um, I think that's a pretty cute little feature there. It helps. Uh, if, if you have the right mindset, I think that can be fun to just be like, I kind of want to play a game, and then just hit the roulette button and, and, and see where it takes you and just kind of have an open mind about it. Maybe you'll get to play one of those games you've downloaded from Game Pass that you've never actually tried out or something like that because I'm sure we all have that problem like I do. But that's going to do it for this week's super long news. I, I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Like I said, I knew this was going to be a long one. Um, we got a bunch of new games coming out this week. I'm not going to go through them like normally and, and goof off about them all, uh, except I will I will mention, of course, just a notable you know release this week. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, of course, comes out tomorrow, Friday, November 15th. Of course, Xbox One X Enhanced, you, you got to know that much at least. Um, but yeah, this is, this is uh, Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars game. I'm super excited to play it. I, I'm really excited to see how people respond to this game because it's been bugging me listening to people just kind of shit on it all this time or like kind of look down on it because I really think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with what they get. And it's definitely the game I'm going to start digging into over the course of this weekend. And next week on the podcast, we'll talk about my early impressions and kind of I'll be interested to see kind of how this game performs both commercially and critically. And, and I'm excited to see what I think of it because I run my own goddamn podcast where I get to talk about my feelings and thoughts. And of course, as a reminder, you know, Games with Gold this week, you got your November titles. Uh, let's just go over those real quick for all you who forgot, because I remind you every week. We've got, you know, for the rest of the month, you got Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, uh, The Final Station, which is um, actually pretty much available through Saturday. So make sure you download that if you wanted it. Or actually, rather, it begins being available on Saturday the 16th and then runs through December 15th. Sorry. Uh, and then we got Star Wars Jedi Fighter, which is no longer available after Friday, the day that Jedi Fallen Order comes out. And then Joyride Turbo, which is available the latter half of the month uh, if you're into that kind of thing. So that is going to do it for this week's episode. No song to close out the show this week. Again, it's just I got to do like a rough edit and get this thing out before midnight so I can keep my one show every Thursday thing out. Next week, we'll be back to the more regular format, but I appreciate you guys, I appreciate you guys bearing with me through this rough edit and this kind of more impromptu, messed up, wonky-esque format of a show. And also, I appreciate you bearing with me as I get the show out later than usual. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you where, but you can find me on Twitter. Uh, and I appreciate you listening. Uh, be sure to tune in next week when I when I um, do a backflip off of uh, Billy Madison's private pool. Mm-hmm.